Vegas is your place for all things Grand Rapids Griffins and all things Toledo Walleye. This is the Hockey Town West Podcast with your host, Brandon Cook and Nick Harrington. Welcome back to the Hockey Town West Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Brandon. And I'm Nick. And this is going to be a weird episode because we are recording our recap of the Griffins versus Cleveland Monsters literally uh hour after it happened. And then we are recording the recap of the Rockford Icehogs game tomorrow after that happens because Nick has a crazy schedule this weekend. I have a crazy schedule this weekend. We want to make sure we get content out to everybody. So we got to split it up. So what I'm wearing now might not be what you see me in the second half of the episode and same goes for Nick, but we will get through this. But anyways, before we jump into tonight's game, into tonight's game, sir, how are you? Not about tonight's game. How are you? I'm good. I started incorporating cold showers into my morning routine again. So, uh, Stress is good. Plus, on the way home from the game, I just screamed for like five minutes. So uh, I feel real good. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's bad enough when uh, without me realizing it, one of our listeners was sitting near us and they asked for a welfare check on me after the game because apparently I was vocal tonight, which <laughs> is pretty common when the guys in stripes impact the game as much as they did tonight. Let's 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 try. Do you want to start with the bad, or do we just jump into the good first and then go off? What do you want to do let's, here? Let's start with the first. The good. The first. The good first. Okay. So the good news is the Griffins have extended their point streak um, eleven games. So ao, we haven't lost the regulation in at least eleven games, and that's something to be proud of, honestly. Because last season it was a lot of blowouts and ugly losing streaks and things like that. Yes, we're not winning these games, unfortunately, but. Points are still going up in a division that's separated by a point or two most of the time. That is an extremely positive thing to see. Another positive tonight, dude, the crowd was fantastic. Like, I had a great time. Like, that was the best crowd I think we've seen in a while. Yeah, the crowd was fantastic. We, we I moved us because... I could. <laughs> yeah. There was there was uh, open seats down a little bit further on the other side of where we typically sit. and. Um, I mean, we're we're usually behind the hair guy, and uh, <laughs> you clipped him tonight. And uh, legend, and am, yeah, super good. Like always, ten out of ten performance tonight. Um, <laughs> so there was like six tens across the board there for him. He earned it. Yeah, perfect score. I mean, I I don't know if I've ever seen that before, um, and I don't know if we'll see it again. You know, so I mean, it, it was a pretty rare uh, environment there. But uh, yeah, I moved us over. This section last year was not great. And this, I think it was just because the vibes, the game, the team was bad. Everything was bad. So I think everybody was pretty down. But uh, this, like, the section was good. Like, we had good seats. We had good people around us. Uh, one of our listeners, Andrea, who we've, I've talked to a couple times on Twitter. But uh, yeah, just fantastic vibes. Even the kids up in the up, I don't know if you noticed this, but the kids in the upper bowl, there were like two little girls that started Griffin's chance like the whole night. Just going crazy. They were like five or seven. I don't know, maybe eight years old. Uh, but I was like, man, look at them go. Um, so I mean, it was the crowd was in it. Uh, Fred's team was fantastic. Um, Maria, you missed the intro video too. I know. Did you record it? The intro know? video was. I didn't record it, but oh man, it, I hope they share it publicly because it was very well done. Like it was, it mimicked the Friends actual intro almost to a T. Uh, and they did a really good job with it. So they 
again, just another theme night this year where the team has grasped it and ran with it, and I love to see it. It's so good. The one thing that I thought about after the Toasters game that I wish that they would do is, like, specialty food for that night, like, based off that theme. Like, maybe French oh, toast. Oh, they could have had some French toast that night? Yeah, like, French toast sticks, mm. French toast. Tonight, they could have, I don't know, like... We're gonna lose some. We're gonna lose some followers tonight. But uh, I've I've only seen a few episodes of Friends, so I don't know what like they carry on. I get some of the jokes, but um, I know coffee was their big thing. So like they could have had coffee tonight or some sort of like coffee drinks. I don't know, but uh, that would have been cool. So maybe next year they they take that up a next step. Basically. And I'd like to point out too, like we talked about the crowd being good, and what a small world the world really is. Because last year during a Monsters game, right in front of us was a family who the Cleveland Griffins game always falls on their like midwinter break, and then they end up traveling following the Monsters for the weekend. So they go to Chicago, Rockford, whatever. And sitting right next to us again this year, even with moving seats, was that same family. And they were so nice to talk. Like I love away fans that are like fun to talk to, and they appreciate the sport. And yeah, that was that was fun. I was like, that looks so familiar. And I'm I, I gotta ask because yeah, they they were cool. And uh, hopefully they have safe travels and a better time in Chicago this year than than last year. Um, but anyways, <laughs> let's dive into this game here. So this one was another controversial game because when isn't a Griffins Cleveland's Monsters game a controversial game? So. It starts off, David Juracek on the power play, man, absolutely wires one past Sebastian Kosa. Nothing he could do with this goal here. It, it flew past him. Juracek's a fantastic hockey player. He was just sent back down by the Blue Jackets, and I think he brought his jersey with him and just stuck that weird Monsters logo they had on him because those jerseys tonight were atrocious that the Monsters were wearing. Oh, like it's we want to look like our NHL affiliate, but we don't want to put any effort into it. Again, we're biased because the Griffins have the best third jersey in the league by far that looks like their affiliate. Those, the those, jerseys, those jerseys look like the Fanatics jerseys for next year. They look almost worse than the Fanatics jersey. Like To paint a picture for everybody, it's the Columbus Blue Jackets whites with a circular logo that just has the state of Ohio in red in the middle and says Cleveland Monsters in the circle. It was ugly. It was lazy. It's sad. But anyways, that was the first goal of the game there, but we did end the first period tied as Elmer Soderblom. Literally, as I looked at you and say, what is he doing on one play where he turns it over? Turns around, a beautiful assist from Cross Hannes. Like, honestly, Cross is starting to turn it on a little bit here, and he's getting more feisty, and the offensive upside starting to show again. That's exactly what we want to see. But he sets up Elmer for this little backdoor shot here, and he closes the deal, and Elmer gets his sixth of the season. Johansson got the other assist on that, by the way. But that goal, that was that was pretty, and that Hannes assist cannot go unrecognized. What a night for him. Got so, pucks the net. That's all. You do, That's man. All. And he got the pucks <laughs> in the net. It was weird, but he got it, and it was pretty. So second period comes around, and ugh, everybody that listened to us in the early days knows how much I hate this name. But Trey <laughs> Fix-Wolanski gets the Monsters on the board again, takes a 2-1 to one lead, and God, I hated it. But at the same time, like I couldn't be mad at it because he batted it out of the air over yeah. Sebastian Kosa's shoulder. It was a pretty goal. Like I have to respect it. And again, we hate him just because he haunts us, but he is an incredibly talented hockey player. He got an assist on the first goal, too. He did. So that was the second point of the night. 
I knew I knew that was going to happen tonight. I had a feeling. Um. Anyways, that wasn't or, it though for the monsters in the second. They're literally a minute or him. <laughs> and we'll get there. Uh, literally a minute later, though, Angle gets his fifth of the season and puts the monsters up three to one. And at this point, I'm like, things are looking ugly. But with five minutes left to go in the second, Fergie saves the day. And just a little soft floater from the point, man. It it worked out great. And Volander and Lesperance get assists on this. Shout out Lesby, first game back from injury. And, you know, Fergie gets another one here. That's his 16th goal of the season. He's... He's on fire right now. I think every game we talk about, we're mentioning a Bergie point at some yeah. point in the recap. It's crazy. Um, So you go into the third, right? We're like, oh, Griffins are a third period team. And they truly are because they outshot Cleveland 13 to four in the third period. Absolutely wild. And 12 seconds in, Joel Esperance in his first game back gets his 12th of the season. And it was a beautiful goal. Loved it. Zach Aston Reese, Dominic Shine get the assist on that. The boys are tied three to three. The rest of the period, they got goalied by Jet Greaves. We have to mention that Jet was making some absolutely phenomenal saves tonight. This is just a team that absolutely haunts the Griffins. I don't understand it. It's really weird. But we go to overtime, tied at three. And this is this is where well, things that already gotten out of control at this point, but we'll get there. Yeah. But, you know, Jet makes a beautiful save on the other end of the ice, and Trey Fix Polanski ends up with a breakaway. And some people have agreed with us, and some people have said this is a penalty shot every time. The way the game was called tonight, it definitely shouldn't have been. From my angle, looking at it as he's coming in, Albert Johansson taps, yeah, taps Trey Fix Polanski on the elbow and gets called for a slash that results in a penalty shot. So not only does Fix Wolanski end up with a breakaway that Kosa stops, he gets a second opportunity on the penalty shot. You know he's not going to miss. Like It was kind of a given at that point. And the Monsters end up winning this game 4-3 to three in overtime. It's unfortunate. I feel like the Griffins outplayed them most of the night. And at the same time, the boys did a good job tonight. Like Elmer, another fantastic game from him, continues to be consistent. We're loving the play we're seeing from him right now, right? Yeah, he's played. I mean, he's competing. He's uh, what else can you ask for him? I mean, he's using his size. He's using his legs. He's uh, keeping the puck, and he's going to the net. Like he's he's creating plays. Um, and he was on the line tonight with Ammo and uh, Cross. So I mean, both players, all three, all three of those players need points. They need to get going, and they both. I mean, Cross and Elmer's, you know, picked up. They performed. Yeah. And it's not yeah. nothing on Ammo. I think Ammo had a couple chances. He had a couple face-offs. Uh, just couldn't couldn't get it going. Yeah, not his best game by any means, but I mean, it was it was okay. He, yeah, he'll he'll get it there. I mean, like we said, uh, somebody on Twitter had called him out just for how good he actually is with the puck and his stick. And when he puts on some more size, this kid's gonna be an absolute beast. Like, yeah, not a monster. He's not a monster. I I can't believe I said that. Just <laughs> uh, wrong night, but. Another guy, you know, it's it's got to be mentioned because I feel like he's a guy that truly has just taken that leadership role in this team and taken it to an entire new level. And that's Josiah Didier, man. Like, as a captain of this team, he's a plus two on defense tonight. He was paired with Albert Johansson, but throwing massive hits left and right tonight. 
just going above and beyond to get the boys going, get a spark going, and standing up for the kids. Like He just continues to show why these guys respect him so much as a captain because he will do whatever it takes to get a win. Yeah, this game, like, you didn't even mention the amount of penalties in this game. Like, oh, we're the getting period. there. We're getting there. Like, Didier threw a huge hit, and nobody came after him after it. And I was like, well, they know he's going to throw hands if they do. <laughs> like, I mean, it was, I, I want to watch it, like, six more times. It was, it was a fantastic hit. Just lined him up, sat him down. It was beautiful. I mean, they really came out and set the tone tonight. Have you seen like the angry dad energy he gives off on this team? Like, <laughs> would you mess with him after getting hit by him? I would. And also, should point out too, like you know, he plus two two shots on goal, and they were good shots on goal tonight. They weren't little uh, floaters. So, yeah, he, is, had, he had a good game. Like when you say he had a plus two, I was like, oh wow, like I'm, yeah, that like he's he's coming around. I don't know what it is if he's getting more comfortable with these guys or what, but he's playing a lot better lately. He was the highest plus in the team, actually. Nobody had a plus two tonight outside of him. Okay. Yeah. Again, like, just a true leader through and through. Like, I, I, the love I'm feeling for this guy is just growing every single game we watch him play. And it just makes me feel like the right decision was made at the beginning of the season for who's wearing that captain letter yeah. on, the, on the jersey. It's it's crazy. Um, obviously, Berggren had a great game. Do we even need to mention him? I mean, five shots on goal, a goal... And he was a plus one. Do we do we even need to really dive into him? He's Bergie. He's yeah. he's fantastic. He's amazing. I think Edmondson had a really good bounce back game tonight from the other night in Cleveland, where we definitely saw a really bad game from him. I thought he played a really sound game. Uh, no offensive stats to show for it, and unfortunately, a minus one. But I think overall, he was making smarter plays with the puck. He had a little bit more pep in his step, and I think he wasn't just kind of leaving it out there, you know. Yeah, he uh, he did get speared in like the third period too, and uh, skated. Oh, off. we'll get there. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I mean, I thought we're, I thought Simon played. We're gonna go with all the good, and then we'll get to the penalties. <laughs> we're gonna talk uh, all the good, and we'll get there. So I also want to mention Marco Casper played one hell of a fucking game tonight. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, he yeah, was... pardon the language, but there'll be a lot of that in this episode. <laughs> Sorry, folks. He was all over the place, just bouncing around, hitting people, shooting the puck, setting up teammates, just like all over the place. I five shots on goal. Yeah, like I we we joked at the beginning of the season, like Marco, where where are you at? Marco Polo, like where where are you? And tonight, like the last like since Christmas break, he's really been noticeable. Like he's out there, he's really getting comfortable, he's getting his confidence, he's playing so well. Uh, driving to the net and just getting those like extra chirps in, like riling up the other guys. Like I love it. And then he then he goes back out there and he tries to shoot. Like he's shooting on that, trying to get that goal. Like you could see. I think once he gets that goal and like gets on the the score sheet, like he's gonna start rolling. Like just be be on the watch out for this guy because I think he's gonna end the season really well. Which is, if- I mean, kind of what we said at the beginning of the second half breakout is Marco Casper. He had five shots on goal tonight. Five. Like who's the who's the next highest? Uh, there was three guys tied with five actually. Dominic Shine, Bergy, and Casper all had five shots on goal each tonight. Uh, Shiner was feeling it tonight, man. Like Didier was doing the dirty work tonight. Shiner was out there just doing his thing, and he had a good game. Um, we've got to mention Joel Esperance. First yeah. game back, goal and an assist. Two shots on goal. 
he was just so noticeable. Like you nudged me at one point. You're like, we really, we really missed having Joel on the team. Like during this injury time, he just makes such a difference. And my fear was he was going to come back from this extended injury break and be slow. Cause it took him what? 12, 13 games to get his first goal of the season. No, he picked up right where he left off. He's played extremely well tonight. And I'm just really happy to have him back. Yeah, it's uh, he he played fantastic tonight. Like I, 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 it's crazy to know that he like he was off for so long, but the team didn't really dip a whole lot while he was gone. But they, this team looked so different tonight, though. Like not because I mean the the parts that they did look normal was you know getting behind and then coming back in the third quarter in the third period, but uh, they just they had more pep in their step. Like they were just coming out flying tonight. Uh, I mean, 13 shots, like in the third period, I looked at you. I was like, we're going to win this game. Like, I know it. We're, we're going to finish this off. And the whole play was down at, the, at our end. It was in, uh, we were on the offensive side at the third period, uh, 13 shots to four. And I like, I think a lot of that goes to like the veterans of like Sardic and Lesbie and like Dominic Shine. Like when they set the tone, like they set the tone, they go. Uh, and, and I love to see it. Like I thought, we we deserve to win this game so bad. Like I I am so I cannot believe we lost this game. I I literally cannot. I this is the most pissed off I've been in a while. Yeah, the deserve to win meter is like full on the Grand Rapids side here. Because like I always like to look at the score sheet at the end of a game and I see plus minus. And we've talked about that before. You know, it's a, you look for the outliers on that right. But I always look at the total like team plus minus and seeing Grand Rapids a plus five and Cleveland a minus four. Yet we took the L. Like. Ah, it's just so freaking frustrating there. And again, credit goes to Jet Greaves. 33 of 36 shots saved. Like, he played outstanding tonight. I hate it, but he is also, I mean, he was an all-star goalie for a reason. Yeah. He is a talented goaltender. Coast on the other end, 23 out of 27 saved. I didn't think he had a bad game tonight. Almost made a big mistake playing oh. the puck behind the net tonight, but was able to dive in and save it with a stick. He's, what are we again, doing? like... The behind-the-net play for these two goalies that we have are, is rough, but at the same time, there's one thing I really love about Coase, and when he's fired up, there's no stopping him. Like You're going to poke at him as a player, he's going to come after you. And there and was a point where he went after someone, and the ref had to come talk to him about it. But at the same time, like I love it. Like The compete level that this kid has is unreal. And yes... He took a loss tonight. Yes, you know, it wasn't his top tier game for sure, but I can't think of any moment that these goals were like his fault. A lot of goals that he couldn't see, a lot of quick shots, a lot of really extremely talented shots from Cleveland. Remember, Cleveland's the top of the North Division. They are one of the best teams in this league. Like taking this team to OT twice in one week in their barn and ours, like it's nothing to shy away at. The Griffins played extremely well. They unfortunately, though, had to play against one person who wore a striped jersey with orange freaking armbands on it. And this is the part of the episode, folks. I'm sorry. You're going to hear a few words that your kids might not want to hear. I'm might sorry. Time, this, might want to timestamp this one. <laughs> yeah, right. But this was fucking ridiculous, dude. Now, again, I posted the penalty shot call on Twitter, and some people were like, that's a call all day. And 100%, that is a penalty shot call all day. If it's not this game, this game was different and it was so poorly managed by this officiating crew. And it felt like the linesmen had no issues with them tonight. No missed, no wild offsides calls where I was like, oh my God, no crazy icing calls. They did their job. 
one referee, Jake Jackson, wearing number 76 tonight. He tried to balance this out. But Damian Figuera, wearing number 32 tonight, was the absolute, like, this had to be his first game. I don't understand. And normally, again, I don't want to call out officials. I don't want to be the podcast that just bitches about the officiating every game. But at the same time. We've been good lately, too. <laughs> we have. Grady Hamilton hasn't been an official in the, in the Van Andel Arena in a long time. But at the same time, like, it's not just missed calls. It's not just poor management. This dude was in the way 99% of the night. Like, there was so many points in time where the puck's hitting his skate and bouncing onto a Cleveland player's stick. And we're looking at him going, dude, what are you doing? Like, do you not know how to get out of the way? Do you not know how to watch the play? He looked like he was in La La Land most of the night. I do not understand. And, like, he would just make calls each – for the first half of the game, it was coincidental calls resulting in no man advantage for any team, not managing anything, just taking two guys off the ice. The other guys, like, actually calling real penalties. Everything he called, I 100% agreed with on both sides tonight. But the other, like, he missed calls on both sides. This isn't just me complaining as a Griffins fan. Like, he missed calls on us against Cleveland. But there's one sequence that I definitely posted on our Twitter page where Didier gets hooked or held. Then Casper, beautiful reverse hit by him. And then Amadeus takes a cross check to the back right in front of the net. Like, all this is while the official's watching. He's staring right at it. And it's this exact official. And with half the stuff he called tonight, I don't know how he doesn't call this. Like, I don't know. Say something because I'm getting more angry as I'm going here. Yeah. So there were eight penalties for both sides, and four of them resulted in power plays for the Griffins, and four resulted in for uh, power plays for Cleveland. Uh, yeah. And so you look one... at this and you're like, Brandon, what are you complaining about? It was even. It wasn't. <laughs> it <laughs> it freaking wasn't. Like, from our view, it looked like Trey missed the puck. So to to reverse back to the the breakaway. So from my view, when I saw it, it looked like Trey missed the puck, and then they call a penalty shot. And I'm like, what? And then you watch it back, and you see that uh, Albert Johansson taps him. Okay, whatever. You're gonna call the penalty shot. What, that okay? I will agree with that being a penalty shot. I'm not gonna disagree. Whatever. It's a one. It's a shitty way for us to end the game because we dominated that third period. All we dominated that game front and back. We played three periods of hockey and we should have won that game for us to lose on a penalty shot was bullshit. I thought second is that the calls were so bad for both sides that it was so ticky tacky that he would let this hooking call go, but then call this one and then he would let this go and then he would call this one and then he would let that go and then he would call that one. And it was just like there was no consistency throughout it. And so the problem with it is that. You call the game, you it was that ref decided to take over the game right there. He he made a he made a call to influence that the whole game right off of that. And that should not our boys deserve better than that. That literally the there was hooks to the face. There a lot of our players got hit in the face, no calls, nothing, right in front of the referee. And so my thing on it is if you're gonna call this, that, that you're gonna be ticky tacky for everything, call all of it. We're just not play hockey tonight because that's how out of control this game was. And we talked about it in the first period. We're like, well, that could have been a penalty. That could have been a play. But at the same point, like at that point, nobody's playing hockey. So yeah, he called a very even-ish game, but it's like to call to end the game on that call was bullshit. Like that's, that's my, that's how I feel about it is because 
Albert is one of the best defensemen on our team. And for him, I just felt that was so biased for that to be called. Like, call the penalty, whatever. Like, but call the other ones prior to that, too. And the refs were out of position. That ref was out of position multiple times, and it resulted in a few icy calls against us, too, because he was in the way of our players being able to go get that puck. And instead of the, the guys that even cross over the, um, there was one point that it was like they were close to maybe before the face-off circle and they called play dead. And I'm like, you didn't even let them battle for it. You didn't even let them go, go to the, try to get that puck. Like it was just like shot in. And it was like, Oh, nobody's even close to even going to try to get this puck. So we're just going to blow dead and call icing. I'm like, what? Like these between those, t- those two calls. And then the one where it was two minutes for tripping, two minutes for embellishment, two minutes for tripping on the other team. And that sequence makes zero sense to me. Yeah, no one will ever be able to clarify to me how someone's called for a trip and the other guy's called for embellishment. I do not understand. That makes literally no sense. And like you said, multiple high sticks missed tonight. Didier took a stick to the face probably three times tonight. One literally maybe three feet away from the official. Number 32 again, nothing. Nothing at all. Like, I just I just don't understand. There was a point in the night, Cross Hannis going to make a play on the puck in the corner. Gets completely interfered with. No call. Still getting his stick held while he's being hooked in the corner. Takes matters into his own hand and sucker punches the dude in the face. 100% respect across. Well, way to go, dude. Love that fire out of you. And I knew he was going to get called for that. But no call leading up to that. And then they end up calling the other guy for roughing. Cross gets a double minor for roughing. Makes no sense to me at all. Like, the other guy not getting called is just showing you're not paying attention. And you talking about the ref being out of position, there's point like throughout the night, the referees switch sides. Like they're either they down in the they're either down behind the net or they're up at the blue line watching the play. Like it doesn't matter which end of the ice the game's being played on, they alternate throughout play. There was one point tonight that both of these officials were on the blue line and there was no official behind the net. Like, that's inexcusable. Anything that have how are you gonna call a goal? You're not there to watch it. Like yeah, I, it this. I went off on Grady Hamilton when he was in Garnapis. We haven't seen him since, by the way. <laughs> I want to point that out. It's so weird. And again, I don't want to sit here and be like, oh, the officials cost us. Game. But they did. They did. This official in particular tonight decided that he wanted to control the outcome of this game. Yep. And it screwed the Grand Rapids Griffins. Yes, they get a point. Yes, that's great. But it's another game against the Cleveland Monsters. It's the fifth one of the season. Four of them have gone to extra time, and I think we've lost all four of those. Yeah. Yep. We we won one game against them, and it was five to one. Yep. That was the only game. That was the only game. And that was everything uh, that's gone to extra time has been questionable. We've sat here going, what has happened? Like, I'm really sad that Bob is with Detroit tonight because I listened back to some of our clips that I clipped during the game, and it's Larry. And love you, Larry, but you're trying to do a lot there, and you, you don't get as angry at the refs as Bob does, and I really wish Bob would have been calling this game tonight, because I think he would have been right there with us in the anger that we feel. It just sucks, because it was a great game overall from both teams. Both teams played fantastic tonight. It was a battle. The fans were into it. Everyone was having a good time, and this one dude wearing stripes decided, eh, fuck it, I'm going to ruin it. Yeah, It's, it's I- unbelievable. I was just like, I was so angry. I like, Maria kept looking at me and I'm like, 
she goes how are you i'm like i'm pissed like this is fucking bullshit like i literally like i'm at a loss of words because that like i couldn't see the replay and so i'm like that shouldn't have been a penalty shot from my view and my angle of it because i was right behind the net i didn't see that it was a penalty shot um you know for us to lose on that is just this sucks like it and I, I mean, I, I still go back to it. Like the ref, it was out of control the first period. He never gained control of it in the second. The third period was a little bit more tame, I felt. Uh, but then over time, he's just like, you know, we're not going to take this to a shootout. We're going to do it right here. <laughs> One round shootout here tonight. Like it just, it sucks. And I, like I said, I, I'm only laughing now because I screamed for like two minutes in the parking garage while I was waiting. And I wasn't, it wasn't towards the traffic or like one lane down in the parking garage where we could only check out with <laughs> one checkout lane, which happened a couple of games away go. But um, yeah, I just, oh, it's so, it, I'm pit, like it sucks. That It just absolutely sucks. Yeah, it's cool. We keep the point straight, but like that should have been a win. And the boys were buzzing. The boys were on it. The boys deserved to win that game. And like, I think the ref was just tired of everybody yelling at him. It was just like, fuck it. This is a, sh- <laughs> this is a shitty call, but I'm going to stick with it. I knew it was going to be a shit show when Casper got driven into the boards. Tim Gettinger decides to say, I'm going to do the same thing to their guy. And then Casper and Trey Fix Volansky end up getting roughing penalties. Trey Fix Volansky doesn't fight. He doesn't rough. It's not his game. I've watched not a ton of Cleveland hockey, but I've watched enough to know that that is not his play style. And to see that's where we're starting at here, I knew right there that moment that this was going to be an absolute disaster. And I mean, from there, that's the literal next penalties are on Cross Hannis for that roughing situation I mentioned earlier. And the next one after that is an interference on Cleveland. Then the next one after that is the embellishment tripping BS that you mentioned. Like I, I don't understand that. How can it, you... like I look down the sheet and see a common name in the embellishment, in the high sticking, in the roughing, and it's Jake Godet who got a kneeing and a game mis- or a ten minute misconduct in the last game. Like there was just no control, no control at all. And again, call it all, call some of it, call nothing, whatever. Don't let the official control the outcome of the game. We've already, as fans, ruined the outcome of one game against the Griffins in Cleveland, which bone pucks ended up on the ice again tonight, folks. Like, that yeah. happened. And now Basically. that I think back to it, were they throwing it in anger at the team or were they throwing it in anger at the officials? And, you know... Tonight, the officials. I think it might have been the same thing last game, now that I think about it. Like, I, I, I just don't understand, man. I just, I just don't. And this is a different officiating crew from what we saw in Cleveland on Tuesday, too. I should point that out. It's not the same officials. Well, it's yeah, not. I hope not. <laughs> like, and, I mean, at the end of the day, like, we can complain all day about that. The Griffins did lose. They went 0-4 on the power play. Yeah. Back-to-back games where they missed all their power play opportunities. And, you know, there was a point I brought up to you during the game to try to, I'm going to try to pivot away from the officials now. Pivot. Yeah, you see what I did there? Shut and... up! <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to try to talk about this one key point here because I brought it up during the game. And listen, our centers are young, right? You go from Austin Zarnick to Marco Casper to Amadeus Lombardi and whoever else you're throwing in at center. 
is our lack of power play production, the lack of winning face-offs on the younger side here? Austin Zarnick's the best face-off man on this team, hands down, 100%. Casper has his moments. Amadeus has his moments. And what I pointed out to you tonight, too, is there was a lot of times where they win, but the support around them isn't coming in to collect that puck. Like, is our lack of power play scoring, the lack of just controlling the playoff, the face-off in the, defense, in the offensive zone? Something's got to be get. I got to be onto something there, right? Yeah, it's you pointed this out, and I, yeah, I mean, I think so because you looked at at one point, Sardik was getting ready to switch off. I think this was an overtime or near the end of the game. He was getting ready to switch off, and they told him come back, <laughs> get back on the ice. He took the face off, so I, he looked gassed after that too. Yeah, he was. He was gassed. Um, and then they go on the breakaway. That's what, yeah, that's what it was in overtime. And then they went on the breakaway and then he couldn't get back. But um, yeah, I think you're on to something too, because we mentioned this earlier. We've seen this a lot throughout the year is that Marco and Amadeus are on the power play unit on number two, which is good because you want them to get that space and you want them to get the points to be able to, to score, get their confidence up. You want to give them that, that ability but I think with the faceoffs, I think that is a uh, an issue. And now you kind of fit. Now, what I when you when you told me this earlier, I was kind of going a different way with it too. Is you get these two young guys on there, maybe it's time to switch those guys off. You know, put two different people, or you know, split them. Put ammo on one and put uh, Marco on another power play t- uh, unit to be able to perform because. You want the development, but are they just not strong enough, not fast enough? I don't want to say fast enough, but not strong enough to be able to take the face-offs and not gelling enough to be able to do that. Because that those are the only times they play together is the, yeah. is the power play, which is confusing as hell for me. But So that's kind of what I was thinking. I was like, I think maybe you need to split these guys up. He's been changing the lineups a lot for everything else, but the power play, he's kept those two guys together. And he sees something which maybe next year would be something that would be more doable and would work better. But I don't think right now it's working. So, I mean, something's got to change. They've got to switch it up. They've got to do something. This power play is not working. I don't know if it's personnel or system. My guess right now is personnel. Let's switch up the personnel. Yeah, I agree with that. And like tonight we saw glimpses of it at the uh, end of the Towards the end of the game, we saw Lesperance uh, parked in front of the net, and that's what we love to see, especially on the power play. And God, you got to figure out a way to shift Almer into the front of the net in the power play. The way he's playing lately, give him a shot. I mean, he's playing really smart, sound hockey. Throw him on there and see what happens. Like, what's the worst that happens, right? It doesn't work. We pivot again to something different, but like, give him a shot at this point. I, I like the way he's playing. He's getting really gritty. He's using his size. Throw him in front of the net. I mean, you're getting screened by Elmer Soderblom. There's a lot of opportunity. There's a lot of space around him to get pucks in the net. And yeah. I think he could have given Jet Greaves a lot of hell tonight if he would have been parked in front of the net. Because Jet so- gets really frustrated when there's a guy parked in front of him, and we did not take advantage of that. He's so tall. So he's got to be, they've got to be working with him there. And he's got to be strong. Do you think he, it's just a strength thing? That's why he's not up there? 
I don't know. He's, his, he seems really strong in his skates lately. Like, he's throwing hits. He's moving people out of the way. Hey, I just think they're looking at the offensive stats, maybe, and going, yeah, not time yet, because everybody who's on the power play, except, except for Amadeus, honestly, is uh is putting up numbers for this team. And Amadeus is kind of the outlier on the second power play there. So that's so maybe see, that's the other them. thing I don't understand too is like we have Marco and Amadeus on that second power play. Marco belongs on the first power play in my eyes, but we have these two centers on there that struggle with the face off right now on the same power play unit. Yeah. It should be Marco Zarnik if you're gonna do two centers, and it should be Amadeus and whoever the other center is that night. Like if you look at our actual game sheet, there's only three centers listed. Like that's the weird part. They didn't go eleven and seven. We just they just have their actual keyed positions in. I think Lesby played center tonight on the third line, if I remember reading the game sheet correct or the lineup sheet correctly. So I think that's gotta be that's gotta be split up. One just to avoid confusion, Amadeus and Casper <laughs> on the same time on the ice. It's it's really hard to follow for not just us, for Bob and Larry too. And I, I yeah, the faceoffs we're on something there. I feel like this is kind of that aha moment, just like we talked about Lethman and the goalie coaching in Toledo. Like even a couple of aha moments this week with both teams we covered. And it's I don't know. That's it's something. There's something there and something we'll keep an eye on going forward. It's something to we'll be watching for heavily tomorrow night against the Rockford Dice Hogs. Yeah, because like we we still have stats for faceoffs, but it like we paid attention to them a little bit more tonight because the great seats that we were in. And... They were great. <laughs> and we were really looking for them too. So um I mean I I don't have stats. I I'm not gonna tell you that oh this guy went one for two or three for four or whatever on faceoffs, but I I mean we watched a couple of them though, like they won it and we didn't have the support. We didn't get that. We did win the puck, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's, uh, it's weird that he's kept, I wonder why he's kept that power play unit together for as long as he has. It doesn't make sense to me, honestly, but at the same time, he trusts his assistant coaches to make those decisions. And I mean, maybe it's time for Dan to weigh in on those choices again. We haven't questioned anything the coaching staff has done much of lately because we've been doing so well. But at the same time, like you, you can't leave it that way and expect the same, like expect different results. Like the power play has been bad, like three games in a row now. It's time to change up things and see what happens. You know, it's also weird to me tonight. Like I understand throwing Wyatt Newpower in tonight, uh, just for some more grit. And obviously, he had a fight tonight. It was a good fight. And he threw a, a massive hit leading up to that fight, but. Brogan Rafferty has played some really good hockey this season. I mean, he's 10th on the team in points, and he was the scratch tonight. So I don't know if we were specifically looking for grit or what, or he's going to Detroit again tomorrow. Who who knows? But, like, that was a weird decision to me. Yeah, Brogan's been playing really well. Um... Just like lately, like, that, that decision just didn't sit right with me. I don't know. And he's first in miles on driven on the team too. So I mean, it's weird that they wouldn't put him out there. One hundred percent first in miles. One hundred percent. I think Bergy took the record last year just based off of him driving to the wrong Grand Rapids, and now the right Grand Rapids. <laughs> but <laughs> I think Brogan's got that record this year. Uh, no, nothing else to add tonight, sir. Besides anger. No, no. All my notes we talked on. 
I love the chippiness. I like love it. Marco. I love Marco is playing so well right now. So Marco keep being chippy. Didier keep throwing these massive, massive hits. My God. And just the team overall, just don't take any shit. Like, give it back, you know, the way they're doing right now. And they're not taking dumb penalties when they give it back. Again, a complete 180 from last season. So at the beginning of this season, like we got bullied like this team. If they play like this tonight, every night for the rest, except for, yeah, besides give it away a penalty shot at the end of the game in overtime. I mean, they would it'd be fantastic. You know, <laughs> they'll never it's lose easily- a game again. They'll never lose a game again if they play like this. This easily could have been a night where the episode was titled We Got Bullied Part 2 because that's already been an episode title this year. But the boys didn't take it and they dished it right back tonight. And God, I love it. So, again, we'll see what happens tomorrow night in Rockford. But between now and Rockford, there's a DraftKings ad break. So, Nick, go read the ad. We know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. With Patrick Cade, Alex Debrinkit all back and ready for from the All-Star game, you've got good choices to make bets on them. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code THPN. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with code THPN. The crowd is yours. Problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467369. In Connecticut, help you for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Will Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. cdkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back. So, for those I watching on changed. YouTube, yep, we, we look different tonight. You know, it is part two of this episode here, and this is being recorded directly after the Griffins versus the Rockford Ice Hogs. It's been an interesting Saturday for both of us. I just got back from Kalamazoo watching the walleye take on the K Wings. Nick did a great job covering the game tonight for everybody over on the Twitter page. Shout out to Nick. But we're not going to talk walleye. That's for Thursday. Let's talk Griffins versus Ice Hogs tonight. So walk me through it, man, because I'm flying completely blind right now. So you were like me on last week. <laughs> I watched the game with no sound. <laughs> 100%. So I get into the app, AHL TV, and there's no sound at all. <laughs> I'm like, this is going to be a repeat of last week. That <laughs> might have be better because I, I shouldn't say I'm flying blind. I listened to the third period on the way back from Kalamazoo. So I had to listen to that Rockford announcer. The main guy is great, dude. That secondary guy. Oh, my God. Which is funny oh. because the, the secondary guy, I think, played for the Wings. Uh, he had mentioned it earlier. So oh, I I hope not. Honestly, honestly, I don't think they did that bad tonight. Uh, they were oh. pretty mutual. They know with Bob being in Detroit covering for uh, Ken Kale that they had to be a little bit more impartial because uh, they had a lot of Griffiths people tuning in. So. Uh, it doesn't help that the first words I heard out of his mouth on the broadcast or turning on was, I don't like these Griffin's jerseys. And I was about to be like, boy, fight you. Why didn't he like them? Because he could, said he couldn't read the nameplates on the back of them. I don't know. Just yeah, better they, glasses. I don't know. <laughs> they did mess up a few of the players, but uh, they did correct themselves very fast, too. So 
was it too bad? Well, let's get to so, the game. Let's get to the game. Yeah, let's get to the game. <laughs> so first thing I want to mention is Jake Jackson, number 76, repped again tonight. Yeah, he that's, was the a, guy, he, that's the guy that we liked last night. So Tim Gettinger starts us off in the first period, three minutes in. Simon shoots it for the point. It hits Zach Aston Reese and it hits Tim Gettinger and it deflects in. Just fantastic. The boys come out, they set the tone. Uh, three minutes in, they get the goal. It was Griffiths came out flying with this. I mean, it was 12 shots to 10 in the first period. Rockford finally capitalized in the last like couple minutes of the game there uh, to get it tied back up. And I was like, well, you know, this is kind of how this game is going to go. Very low calling for the whole game power, like penalties. There was, there was only three <laughs> to the whole game. Uh, Zach Aston Reese got one of the first penalty or first period. Tim Gettinger got one of the second, and then there was one in the third. So, I mean, it was very, they just, they just let him play. It did look a contrast chip- from last night. It was a huge contrast from last night. And it was, it wasn't very chippy. There was a couple hits uh, here or there, but nothing crazy on that end. Uh, second period was really, really boring. The first I want to mention is like, there was, a, it was pretty sloppy in the beginning. Uh, there was a lot of turnovers right at the blue line. So Griffiths would try to clear it. They clear the blue line but they couldn't get it past center ice. And then we would go down and then it would be the same thing on that end. So like it was just very clogged up in that neutral area. Uh, so I wrote that down. I wrote that down for tonight. Um, just very sloppy. I tried to pay attention to face-offs, but it wasn't like, uh, it was harder. Um, it, it was harder to do tonight. Just based it's off a lot of harder when you're not else. there. It's a lot harder when you're not there in person. Really? I thought, I don't know. I mean, maybe if we're both on a game that we can both watch. <laughs> Can't just get crazy in the background. Uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll let you know if he's going to attack you. Uh, Please I'll, do. For those that maybe, can't see this, my cat is going crazy behind me. <laughs> maybe if there's a game that we're both clipping that we can both kind of keep an eye on it. Um, I think I've got a good way to set it up. But um Casper was taking a little bit more face-offs than it looked like tonight, too. Sardik was taking some. But uh, the guy that I really wanted to point out in that first period was Volander. I mean, he played a hell of a first period, uh, played very well, very sound, was able to sneak the puck away at one point. I clipped it. Uh, he poked the puck away, grabbed it in the defensive zone, and then was able to get it out of the defensive zone as well uh, while being heavily pressured. Like, didn't lose his cool, was able to get it. Did very well with that. Um, there was a cool, there was a really cool play that uh, Hutch took the puck. He actually played the puck well tonight. Uh, got it to Simon. Then he got it to Albert. They're still like right in front of the goal of uh, the crease. And then uh, they got it to Ammo. Ammo did a little deke. And then he went up, got it to Simon. Simon's on the breakaway. It's two on one. Spezia's on the other side. And uh, he shoots it. I don't know if he was going for a shot or if he was just trying to get a rebound. And Spezia had almost an open net and uh, just couldn't bury it. So uh, it was a huge, it was a nice little tic-tac-toe like kind of play throughout. And I noticed this yesterday too. Like the passes have been a lot better uh, besides the rest of the, like the beginning of the first period tonight. But I think the guys were just kind of trying to get their legs under them with going to overtime last night, having traveled today. I think it was just a little sloppy that on that end, but uh, throughout, like that was a big thing that we've talked about is the passes have been like they're passing to pe- like space, but nobody was there. Um, now it's there's people there. They're actually looking up. They're seeing it and they're making plays. So 
very good. Second period, boring. They're, they're like six shots for Grand Rapids, four for Rockford. That was it. Um, it went pretty back and forth. Wasn't really much going on. Uh, there was one point, I think it happened in the second, uh, they hit the post. <laughs> uh, the Rockford Arena thought it went in. Uh, it, it didn't. It didn't. Uh, so it was, Hutch waved it off immediately. Going to the third period, uh, Ammo has this crazy play where he's just like, he gets the puck at uh, probably center of the offensive zone, and he starts swinging it back around towards the outside and then he cuts his in he cuts in like he like he did last year in the o so he he holds the guy off he makes his way to the uh the front of the net he can't get the shot off or he gets the shot off and it comes back out he gets the puck again and he comes right back behind it he starts setting up the play again to get another chance and i think i can't remember who he got it to but the they ended up they ended up turning it over and went back the other way Literally within like two minutes, he comes back out on the night. The his next shift, he gets the goal. Um, he is kind of falling backwards, and he shoots it, and it goes into the net. Uh, just a, it was a crazy play. Like I don't know how how he was able to get this off because he's falling back. He's like lifting it up. Like it's they said he was like diving to make the the, the goal, but. I I'm watching it him. right now, actually, because I was like curious the way you were describing it. I'm like, huh? And yeah, he yeah. legit he he gets the puck as he's going to backskate, but ends up keeping the puck on his forehand while fighting off two Rockford players, and he's going down and still gets the shot off as he's falling down, and it finds the back of the net. That's a that's a play that I didn't think he had the size to make. Right? Yeah. Now. So to see him do that, that's got to be that's that confidence boost right there. Just whoop, right up. He was stoked after this goal, too. Like he was just like, yeah, like just let it all out. His celly was good. Um, it was I mean, it was uh, it was a good goal. He and he deserved it. I mean, he he was pushing earlier to get this goal and uh, he, he was finally rewarded. So I was glad to see this. I was stoked when I when I got it because I was like, man, I just put like a 30 second clip of him just like crushed it in the offensive zone, did really well, got the puck, and then he turns around, and then his next shift, he literally gets the goal. Um, so that was that yeah, was I'm good not gonna lie. I'm not going to lie. I think I scared my sister in the car when that one went in. <laughs> as soon as he said Lombardi scored, I'm, I'm beating the steering wheel. I'm like, yes! <laughs> so yeah, Ammo played a hell of a game. He was first started, right? So uh, much deserved, got the goal. The uh, The next goal... So I see they have adjusted it. They initially gave this to Taro. Um, it was in the offensive zone. Volander, it was kind of like off of the face off. Volander's on the right side. He hands it over. He passes it over to Taro. Taro shoots it from like almost the blue line. And it deflects in. And now it's being adjusted to Austin Sarnik with their goal um, on that. Which, when it happened, Sarnik kind of puts his hand up like he got it. But then everybody was celebrating Taro. So... Uh, initially, it was Taro, and uh, now it's been adjusted to Sardik. So, um, the weird thing, though, so after this goal, it's just a deflection. A lot of these goals were just deflections tonight. A lot of what I saw was they were playing from the blue line. Like, 2 0 was getting shots, Simon was getting shots, Volander were getting shots from the blue line, and they were crashing the net and trying to like screen the goalie. So, that's there was a lot of traffic up front. Uh, which is where a lot of our goals, like our good chances and rebounds were coming from. So 
um, which was different. We haven't seen this before, but it's something that we've been calling for for the last couple of weeks is just getting yeah. somebody in front of the net to, to be able to uh, play, to clean up the rebounds. Uh, one thing I do want to mention too that I forgot. So second period, I think it was in the second period, Albert Johansson just has a crazy 30-second like shift of just shut down defense. Like he, I'm going to be a terrible job of explaining this now, but uh, he, he goes back, he tips the puck, he gets it, he he goes, he makes the pass out. They get turned over again. They come back into the zone. He gets it back again. He ties up the guy, he kind of puts him down um, a couple times. Like it was just, it was just a crazy, like good 30 seconds of defense from Albert Johansson. So um, like he played really well tonight. Ammo played really well tonight. Um, who else was it? And uh, Volinder played very well tonight. So um, overall, like it was, it was a great game. Um, like they came back in the third a little bit. They kind of get yeah gave us a scare when they cut it down to three to two. Um, I thought with uh, Sarda goal that we were kind of going to open up the floodgates and we were going to get another one. But um, they you know cut the lead in half, got us to three two, and then uh, they pulled the goalie. And Dobshide had a chance to do the funniest thing ever. <laughs> I was like, oh, do it, please, please, please do it, Dobshide. Um, and I think he had Bergy on the other end. And I was like, if you don't do it, I hope Bergy does it. <laughs> Didn't have um, the opportunity to slap shot it into the net. Slap shot in the net from the left side. Um, he ended up missing. It hit the post, I think. And then oh. um, they tried to get it back. And because the puck went, it hit the like the cage. It hit the net. And then it was behind it. So he went behind it. And he was trying to get it out to Bergy. And Berge, I think it was Bergy. Um, it put it in the net, but um, they lost it. It went back to uh, to the other end. And there was a lot of icings at the end. I think um, they were just trying to like just clear the puck to to save it. But um, yeah, overall, like it was a very smooth game. Very different from last night, based off of like the penalties and the flow of play was a lot better. Um, I what don't happens know when an official manages the game properly? It's crazy. Yeah, I mean that was a huge difference. Um, I think because just based off of the first period of the yesterday, we were saying like this this ref has lost control of the game uh, right away. Yep. So, uh, and I'm, I'm sure Wadi said something today about it. Like, Hey guys, like we can't let it, we can't get too crazy. Um, oh, the other, so th this happened too. So after Taro's goal in the third, um, he kind of gets ran into at center ice and he gets up and they thought it was kind of like an accident. Like he got, he like the guys, the players were just kind of coming at it. Didn't see, no, didn't notice. Yeah, it looks awkward. It was, it was very awkward. And the announcers were like, well, I don't think it was an accident because usually if that happens, he'll go by and say like, Hey, sorry about that. Like, you know, but he didn't. And then you see Taro get up and he tries to run at him and he gets reverse hit and he goes out and he's just like kind of spinning around like a Mario Kart guy. Um, and that, <laughs> and I'm like, what are you doing, Taro? Like, are you okay? Like, I was worried more about his safety of like, are you okay? Because then the puck comes out and he gets hit with the puck while he's down. And I'm just like, what is going on? It shines like as soon as there's a break in play, shines going to the ref, and he's like, dude, come on, like he got hit, and then this, like, come on. Um, but to no avail, there was no there was no call on it. Um, there was another big missed call. Sarna got tripped, went flying through the offensive end. Uh, it was right before I think Ammo's goal. Yeah, it was it was crazy. It was a good game. I was happy about it. I mean, we got the points. We needed two points. We needed to stay out of overtime. So our overtime streak has now ended. 
uh, and the twelve game point streak is well alive. Twelve point streak is still alive. Uh, and Texas, when I yeah, Texas had won three to two, so yeah. Texas is still ahead of us by one point in the standings. So that I mean, it was huge for us to get those points. Um, I didn't think Iowa was going to win tonight. Um, yeah, I mean, it puts should... us third. Oh, yeah, it puts us five points ahead of, you know, Rockford still, which is a good spot to be in. We didn't let them get a yeah. single point tonight. We ended the five-game overtime streak. Thank God I couldn't take another game of that. And, you know, we're still within three points of the Texas Stars. And, you know, like we said at the beginning of the season, a solid third-place finish, if that's where we end up and we can solidify this spot, I'm quite happy with that. You know, stringing a 12-game point streak together is not an easy thing to do, even though there's a lot of shootout and overtime losses mixed in with that there. 12 games with points in a row is is really good. You know, If you're not named Milwaukee, <laughs> was yeah, that like a 15-game I mean, win streak? No, it's officially 16. Six, oh, uh, they, did they play tonight? Yep, yeah, it's officially 16 games in a row for the Admirals. Absolutely insane. But let's 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 peel some things back with this game here because you threw everything at me and I, I want to kind of pick a couple pieces of this apart here. I didn't get the chance to jump in there, <laughs> but that's okay because you're excited and I'm excited too. Um, so you know you talked about a couple of guys. So William Volander, right? We we'll go back to the first period here. You know it looks like just overall he's played another sound game. You know he had an assist tonight. Uh, no negatives on the defensive side out there. Just looks like he's playing better and better and that's kind of a guy that you know a couple episodes in the midseason when i'm like this is a guy that i think is going to really turn it on and make a name for himself in the second half of the season and it just appears that he's done that i mean it's early still obviously we got a lot of hockey left to be played but he's really showing that when the inevitable happens in a simon or an albert is gone we're we're in good hands when it comes to guys like tuamisto and volander and everyone else in the back end there paired with the veterans that were there. I see Rafferty was back in tonight. I'm assuming we went 11 and seven tonight based on the lineup yeah. here. So yeah. and that explains why Casper was taking more, uh, more face-offs and Zarnik was taking some more there too, if we're down a center, but Volander man, like I'm really happy with this play right now. And then, you know, you talked about Johansson on the other side of the defense. I watched that clip you threw out there and that's just solid 35 seconds of defense right there especially the way he closes out the last guy just with a nice little hit sandwiching him between Casper and himself. Like that's, he's so good, man. Like looking at just the comments here, everyone agrees, you know, he's just good. He's going to look fantastic in the NHL at some point. Hopefully that time comes soon. And God, how do you not mention Amadeus here? You know, first star of the game, he's been playing so well. He's got three of his five goals, I believe are against the ice hogs. Now the announcer said, so, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty funny, especially since we play that team quite a bit more throughout this season. And, you know, the other thing to point out with this game is the Griffins went up against Camesso again. <laughs> they went up against Camesso, and he's been a goaltender that we've struggled to solve this season. And we come away with a regulation victory against him here. I mean, he stopped 30, 33 at 36. Looks like Hutch didn't have much work to do tonight, stop at 19 at 21. But at the same time, like getting through a goaltender like that, you're going to need to put up large shot counts and i think this is the third or fourth game in a row now the griffins have surpassed 35 shots on goal like yeah that's something we've got to notice too there because god there was how many games at the beginning of the season where you weren't coming out of the first period with more than three or four like 
things are going the right direction for this team right now. Dan Watson's got them going. And this is kind of that time of year last year where we saw Toledo start going on runs. We saw them go on some crazy runs. 18 games, you know, in a row that they won. I know we're not going to get an 18-game win streak, but I'll take an 18-game point streak. Like, the rest of the Central has got to be looking at Grand Rapids and Milwaukee right now, just going, what are you guys doing? Like, how how do you do this? <laughs> yeah, it, I don't think they've all been able to string more games together than five or six. Yeah, both teams are using, like, they're using both goalies. That's I think that's yes. a big key there, too, is, like, where they're rotating. It's not just Askarov in Milwaukee, and it's not just Kosa here at Grand Rapids. Like, we're using Hutchinson. We're using, they're using Grosnick. Is that how you, I think that's how you pronounce yep. the name. Um, and they're both doing very, they're they're doing well. I'm not going to say very well because Hutch has been a little shaky, uh, but he hasn't given up uh, three goals or more since the Toasters game, which he got pulled at. So, I mean, he still won that, that game. Like, and they, yeah. So, I mean, it's, that's a since, that's since a big Christmas. Piece we got to throw out there since Christmas or since December 1st, I think they said it, it was he has not let more than three in. And that's crazy. I mean, if you have offense that's producing, you're goalie letting in three is not the end of the world. So I don't know, man. Things just feel right right now. I don't I don't know. Like, again, I'm going to call it out, you know, power play over one tonight. They only had one opportunity, but I don't think we've had good success in the power play lately. But the penalty kill was perfect again tonight. So. One side of the house, we're doing great. The other side of the house, we need work. But I don't even think of who else to call out tonight because the whole team just played a good game. They played a really yeah. good game. And I, I can't fault Hutch for the goals that he gave in. Like the, it was a three out of one at, on one of them. And it was, um, I'm trying to think of what the other goal was. It was a, the first one was a breakaway. It was the three. It was tic tac toe, and then the other one. I think it was just uh, there was nothing he could do. He had one really good save. I don't think I clipped. Oh no, I did clip it. Um, where he shut it down the first. So I mean, he got lucky with the post, and then another chance that he like had a diving save uh, where they were trying to wrap it around on him, and he got that. So he looked better tonight. He looked like he was tracking the puck better. Uh, I don't know if it was just based off of better being able to see the shots or what. But yeah, I mean, it's things are good right now. And now, you know, we talk about what the next game is here because we don't have an episode between now and this next game. The Grand Rapids Griffins come back home and they take on the Texas Stars. Like this could not be more of an important game on a Wednesday afternoon or Wednesday evening in Grand Rapids. Like this is this is going to get interesting. It's a big game for a weekday game. You know, I hope the crowd's good because they won the last Wednesday. So, so I don't know, man. I'm uh, I don't know. So it's so I, like, I... mentally, I'm like, I want to be like up here where you are, but I, you know, I came from a disappointing <laughs> Toledo game, so I'm trying to get there, trying to get there. But I mean, just what we can't, you know, you can't shy away from the fact that the Griffins are just doing something really good right now, and that this group is it's special. There is something special about this group of players. I think we're finally finding that identity. They the one thing too I want to mention is like the last couple games that I've been kind of keep an eye on the shots of like where they're coming from, and a lot of them were coming from like way in close. Like we weren't really able to keep shots on the outside or towards the blue line. And tonight we did a fantastic job of doing that. Like the last couple shot charts I was able to look at was a lot where the face-off circle right in between the two face-off dots, like uh, circles. 
and then like right at the crease and like tonight everything's really spread out really far apart like away from the goal there's only three three shots up close uh so i mean it, it, on the flip side like same with us like we didn't have that many shots i'm seeing like six uh maybe 12 maybe 12 shots um from the face off circles and end so I mean, we're doing it. I mean, it was it was a lot better game plan tonight, I think. But that's good because the past few times we've played Rockford, we try all this up close stuff that's not working, and we try to force our way into the slot, and they were shutting it down left and right, breaking up every single play. And you know, we came with a different game plan. Adjustments were made. Like that's important to see that they started just throwing it at the net, and then chasing it in. Like identifying that problem when you play a team this much is key. Like. We're going to have to be able to do these small adjustments here and there that are going to make a difference. It's still a one goal game. I mean, this could have been anyone's game at the end of the day, but luckily the Griffins did outplay Rockford. And as their announcers said, this isn't a Rockford team that usually, you know, wins games that comes back and wins games that they're getting outplayed. And they don't usually win the ones that, you know, they don't deserve to win. They don't get those lucky ones. The ones they win, they are ones they deserve to win. And we've seen that plenty of times against us where they just outplay us up and down. So Grand Rapids coming in and finding a way to make that happen, that's important. Adjustments are key. We're going to talk a lot about adjustments on Thursday when we talk about the walleye. Like, Yeah, and, and I think this speaks to a lot of like Dan Watson. I mean, this is, you see the adjustments throughout the season, but it's going to be even more important when we hit playoffs. Like he's got to be able to adjust. The team's got to be able to pivot to the next game into the next system so i mean it's i think he's doing a a fantastic job really i like i can't praise the guy anymore like i know like some of the adjustments we've watched you know we've had a couple games where we're like okay same thing same thing but now it seems like the adjustments he's he's adjusted all the big glaring issues now we're just fine-tuning things and the fine-tuning can be done between games literally overnight so it, it definitely tells in. me the right staff is in the right place right now. It's not just Dan, obviously. He's got a great staff around him, too. But the coaching staff as a whole is doing the right thing. So we're in a good place. Things are good. Griffins have Texas up next. Big game. We'll see what happens. I'm excited for it. I'll be there. I know you it's won't because you don't Wednesday. get to come to Wednesdays. But I'll be there, and maybe I'll just be just as loud as Friday night. Who knows? But <laughs> Yeah, I'd like – it's it's good to see them react this way, come out flying, do a really good job on the road. Again, on the road where we've struggled. Yeah. I mean, yeah. now for a while now, but I mean, it's. I was stoked. I'm just I'm stoked. Like Amo had a great game. Volander had a great game. Albert Johansson had a great game. Simon even had a decent game. Like, <laughs> like uh, a lot of players had good games that need to have good games. Taro had a good game. Yeah. Yeah. Again, game out there too. throwing the body, setting the tone, being the leader he is. And they mentioned that in the broadcast too, is he definitely leads by example with these, with these kids. So love seeing that. And yeah, Elmer, they, God, they couldn't stop talking about Elmer tonight. Maybe that's because, you know, Arvid, his brother played in their system, but uh, they, they love talking about him. They love what they saw from him. And they, <laughs> The commentator definitely mentioned at one point he's really questioning Dan Watson uh, why he was in the bumper on the power play and not in front of the net. And I kind of sat there. I'm like, yeah, we question it too. Like, say it louder, yeah. please. That's my only critique right now of everything is the power play has got to get going and maybe putting Elmer in front of the net could change some things. So if you play the play style you played tonight where you're throwing at the net and you have that behemoth in front of the goalie, 
he's probably going to clean it up. He might try to put it between his legs a couple times, but he'll get there. There, there was a part that he had. There was a play that he had tonight that he had. Evidence was in front of him, and he took the shot. Helmer had him screening, and I'm like, what? what this should be flipped. Flip that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if anyone just outskated him or what. I, I don't remember the, the end of the play, like how the play started, but uh, yeah, it was funny. I the questionable thing tonight I thought was um, the lineup. So they went 11 and seven, and uh, Mr. Cross Hannes was out. Yeah, but Cross Hannes was out. He, he, out. he had a lot that, of penalties uh... last night. It was. Very, yeah, I, I find that a story to continue to watch. I don't fault him for the penalties he took last night, though. That's the thing. Like, I don't know, man. I, what we got the win. Let's not, I'm not going to dive into that. We'll, we'll see. If Cross is out the next game, too, then it can be a question mark then. But a guy who's in his last couple of games, he's got an assist, a goal, and an assist. He's playing well. It sounds like to me that Dan couldn't make the decision between Wyatt Newpower and Rafferty, so he just went eleven and seven and threw Cross out to, you know, sit in the press box. I don't know. Again, we won. We won't dig too far into that, but we should probably wrap up talking about this episode and jump in because you asked for some listener questions tonight. We got two there, so <laughs> let's uh let's head those head over to those there. So Randy asked a Griffin's question and a walleye question. So. He said for the Griffins, what I've noticed Soderblom has or is looking stronger. I'm thinking Bambi has left the building. Same, Randy. Same. I don't want to call him Bambi on skates anymore. He's looking better. What does he have to do to be better at forechecking? I don't think he has to get better at forechecking. I think he's actually really a strong forechecker. He just needs to continue this aggressive streak. Like yeah. he's showing that he's got that, you know, little bit of aggression in him where he could throw the body around and create some havoc. He just needs to keep doing that. Maybe kick it up one notch, but kick it up too far. You're going to start taking penalties. Like he's found the right balance there. He just has to keep that going. We talk about consistency being key with this player. He's been consistent and he'd be consistent through the rest of the season. That's the question mark. And I, I think he can, he's, he's proven us wrong. And the more we talked crap about him, uh, the better he's been playing. So we'll just we'll let that roll there. Any thoughts for you? Um, uh... I mean, what does Dean Watson say? Play with emotion, but don't don't play emotional. emotional. Yeah, don't play yeah. emotional. So I think I think you hit the nail on the head right there. Is uh, he needs to continue doing what he's doing. Don't be too aggressive, but continue to be like throw the body, get in the corners, do the dirty work. Because even if he can do that, he can keep the puck away. He can set people up in the from the corners, like. He's got good people that he's been playing with. It's not like he's just buried on the fourth line with just some chumps. Like this Griffin's, this Griffin's team is deep throughout the uh, all four lines. I mean, you could really switch up any of these lines in any order. Like people have gone up and down the lineup all 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 season. So, um, yeah, I mean, he just needs to keep keep doing what he's doing. Don't get don't get complacent. Keep pushing. Keep being aggressive. Yep. Exactly. And then Randy's Toledo question, I'll touch on it, but we'll dive into it deeper on Thursday. He said, what did you guys see that is frustrating the fans so much? And Randy, lack of adjustments. It is the same thing, same play style from start to finish. And that's the all I'll say tonight, and we will jump into it more on Thursday because I really want to really want to put my thoughts together on it and not completely just be like, oh, my God, they suck, Like because they don't. They're an extremely talented hockey team. But 
something in the style has got to change a little bit. Pat McMickish is not Dan Watson. He he cannot coach the team like he is Dan Watson. That's that's where I'll leave that. And then uh, another guy who asked a question, I won't say their handle because I'll have to bleep it because I'm pretty sure we probably overused our swear words in the first half of the episode. Uh, but launch George Peros into the sun. This is username. And God, I love it. That's fantastic. In your opinion, how ready do you think Tuomiso, Johansson, and Volander are for the NHL? Starting to get a log jam with William, Pelica, Vero, and Anton Johansson all knocking on the door. Johansson's ready. I, I think I've said that multiple times this season, that Johansson is ready, and I think he deserves the next call-up if it's going to be a long-term injury in Detroit. Tuomiso is going to probably take another full season before we start seeing him play at the level that we're seeing a Johansson and Edmondson. Volander could potentially play the same amount of time there to get to that level. Uh, we're seeing the second half of the season spike from him. We're seeing him really adjust to the AHL game. Talk about guys in the log jam there. Yeah, we've got a ton. I don't think Vero's in the log jam. I think he's kind of a big question mark right now of what happens with him, whether he's depth for the AHL and ECHL or depth for the NHL and AHL. I don't know. And injury prone right now is the best thing I can say to describe Vero, unfortunately. But yeah, I mean, the log jam is going to get interesting. There's, there's that. That's what I like, though. There's pressure on these guys to perform because your replacement is literally right behind you. The same goes for, you know, on the goaltending side. That's what, you know, Coast knows there's competition and it's it's helping him be a better goalie. And same comes on the offensive side, too. There is competition up and down this organization, whether they're in, you know, the ECHL, AHL, or NHL right now. There's guys that are ready to swoop in and take it from them. So, I love the way Steve has this set up, and it's going to be fun to watch. We have the opportunity where, God, think about it. Johansson and Edmondson end up in Detroit next season, and Sandy Pelica and Shai Bouillum and Anton Johansson are in Grand Rapids with Volander and Tuomisto. Keep Didier in there, too, and whoever in Rafferty. Like, oh, I got it, goosebumps for next year already. So... Looking back through the drafts, we have a ton of people coming up, right? So a lot of those guys that you just mentioned, Anton Johansson, hasn't been on North American ice yet. He's going to take a year and a half to two years. Shai Boom, he hasn't been in the, he hasn't played against the men yet. He's playing college. He's going to need some time to get in this system, get familiar with the people. Uh, Who's the other guy that that was mentioned? Um, Anton Pelica. Pelica. Yeah, Pelica. Pelica, I mean, same thing. He hasn't been on North American ice yet. I mean, I think he, they're talking about him just staying in Sweden for next year and just kind of building up size. So it's possible. It's very possible. It, it's a, it's an option for him to do that. It's an option to have him come over to Grand Rapids. It, I mean, there's options for him. Uh, and the shoulder injury that he had at the world juniors is not as bad as what was, what it seems because he's already back playing. So, I mean, yeah, you could look at the prospects that are coming up, but they're don't count the chickens before they hatch kind of thing. Um, there's a lot of potential here, but just like Jared McIsaac, a lot of potential. And then he had a couple injuries that set him back. Now he's back in Sweden or <laughs> not back, but he's over in Switzerland. So, I mean, we've we got to be patient. Yeah, it looks like all these guys could become NHL players, 
but we don't know based off of what we have right now, right? So it's going to be interesting. We're I'm praying that they all hope that they all work out, right? But we thought like Jared McIsaac, we thought Donovan Sabrego, we thought uh, Seth Barton, like these players would have made the next step up. And, you know, a lot of these guys are in the E, right? Or back in Switzerland or in Switzerland. So it's a tough thing to to project, right? So it's always being that patience. I, I think that's the biggest thing that's killing Wings fans right now is because we're so used to like people playing one year, like Mo played one year in Grand Rapids and then went right to the NHL. You're not going to see that anymore because one, the contracts that Stevie has, and two, they need time to develop, right? Obviously, we don't want to overcook, but we got to have things in the cabinet ready as well. So, um, it, it, it's it's going to be interesting. I think I lost my whole train of thought, but it, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> I just be patient. Uh, oh, this is where I was going. So. This Western road trip that we just took for the Wings was a huge tell of like what's going to happen. I think this was kind of like Ottawa last year for the Wings is are we sellers or are we buyers? Where are we right now? And it's still, it's hard to tell. It really is We're because either. we ended up, yeah, because we won today by a lot. It was five nothing. Uh, so I think he's still kind of waiting to see. Now, if he starts trading people, like then we can kind of tell, like, okay, Steve thinks these guys are ready. It can be moved up to replace the guys that we're trading away. So I think a lot of it's going to, we're going to know by the trade deadline of who's ready, who's not, and where we're kind of going. Now, those guys that were listed, they're not ready yet. Like, give them, they're probably two years out. That's the short, that's the short answer right there. Two years out for those five guys that were mentioned before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, Tyler. Um... <laughs> No, uh, it's it's going to be interesting. And for us, like, it's uh, keeps us relevant within the Red Wings organization and the Red Wings fans. So, yay for us. And uh, we'll have something to keep everybody updated on for years to come, it sounds like. Yeah. But thank you all for submitting the questions. As always, check, uh, you know, randomly on Twitter. We post asking for some questions for these episodes. Sometimes we like to throw it in there. Sometimes it never makes it in. You never know. Uh, but those are good questions, and they got us uh, talking a little extra there. But now, to end the episode, I have to ask you, do you know already what you're doing on Saturday, March 1st in 2025? If I'm still alive, I'm going to be heading <laughs> to Ohio because I am going to this game. Um, what game? I'm, I'm, I'm going to the stadium series. We're going to go see the Red Wings play... The lovely Blue Jackets of Columbus. And hopefully they don't wear those ugly jerseys that we just saw in Cleveland. Uh, or here in GR that Cleveland wore. So I... God. My brother lives three blocks from Wrigley. And the reason why this is relevant is because I was going to go to that game. Because he only lives three blocks away. So I was like, oh, we could go to Wrigley Field, see Chicago Blackhawks play St. Louis Blues for the Winter Classic. And Me, like, that would be fun too. Yeah, but I'm like, well, why do that if I can just go see the Wings play Columbus or Wings play outdoors? You've never been to an outdoor game. No, and I hate the cold, so I'm prepping now. I mean, March 1st in Ohio, the chances are it's going to be like 40 or 50 degrees and it's going to be pretty decent unless we have an absolutely horrific winter. And I don't want to think about driving to Columbus at all. But I've been to one and... 
it's one of those things where I'm like, I've been to one, I've been to them all. I mean, it wasn't a baseball stadium, so it could be different in a football stadium. But I don't know. I'm excited to see the Wings in Columbus are doing this. Like, I'm glad it's finally happening. This should have been the Winter Classic at the Big House, too. Should have been the Blue Jackets as well, just to, you know, keep the Michigan-Ohio thing going. But. Oh, yeah. I hope. I hope with the success that this is definitely going to have. I mean, this is going to be sold out. It's going to sell out quick, I have a feeling. I hope with this we see the Winter Classic make its way back to Detroit. The Winter Classic belongs in Comerica. Like, it needs to happen there, or it needs to come back to the big house. Like, yeah, we've done it once. Cool, do it again. It's still one of the best ones that's ever happened. And you think the NHL is going to shy away at the thought of selling 100,000 tickets? No, they're going to see money bags right there. Like, let's make it happen again. And why, don't, why, can't, why can't they do it at Ford Field? The weather's usually pretty bad, right? Hey, if you ask the Buccaneers reporters, yeah, for sure. But I wouldn't, I mean, I don't know. That could be interesting, even though it's indoors. They could do something pretty wild with that. The outdoor <laughs> games, though, they're fun if you get good weather. They're absolutely yeah. miserable if the weather sucks. Luckily for me, when I went to the Winter Classic in Washington, D.C., the weather was great. Sun was shining, it was beautiful. But it's got risks to it. I don't know. It's it's fun, and I, who knows? I say, you know, I don't want to step foot in that stadium for reasons. I don't what like that reason? place. Why? Yeah, we don't talk Have about you been there? reasons. No, I've never actually been there. Um, I don't know. It'll be it'll be fun. It would be fun to go. I just, you know, everyone was disappointed because it sounds like Michigan Ohio State won't play a hockey game like on that ice like afterwards. And I thought like, that'd be cool. I guess, I guess Ohio doesn't want to take that many L's from a Michigan team on that field in the short time frame, but I don't know. It's interesting. I'm glad Detroit's in an outdoor game again. What scares me is that this is going to be the first stadium series where Fanatics is designing the jerseys, and that absolutely freaking terrifies me. Because these could be there's opportunities here to make these like so good. Like you could go a college jersey look with these between the two teams and have like the classic red and white like we wear, but like Detroit down the side, like Michigan or Minnesota will do occasionally. Like you could go that route. And I think right there, I I would buy that. I like that design off the top of my head. Columbus, you could do something with theirs too. I don't know a lot about Ohio state's hockey jerseys or whatever they've looked like, but there's opportunity there to ride that college theme. And I hope they do it. Yeah. It's just literally where I was going, Uh, not the FedEx route, but I was like, I'm just excited to see like how, like what goes on around this as well, because like, I remember the winter classic at the big house, they did the alumni game and that was super cool. The jerseys were nice. Uh, Then they did the one in Chicago and I don't remember. I don't remember the buildup, like what was before or after the wings one in Chicago. Yeah, there was an alumni game before that, too, between the Wings alumni and the Blackhawks alumni. Oh, there was. OK, yep. um, it, I mean, the Columbus team doesn't really have any good alumni, so or they haven't been around enough to be able to, <laughs> to feel the team player. for I mean, that. Rick Nash is the only one I think that comes to mind for some reason. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, the opportunity here for this to be a lot of fun is going to be a lot. Of, it's going to be fun for the players. I mean, especially like there's this these two rosters as they stand right now are very U of M heavy. Like, yeah. If you think about it, so that'll be fun for them. And an outdoor game is always fun for the players and their families. So again, I'm excited to see Detroit in one. I hate that it's in that stadium, but he had to give them something over there. I guess that's the best stadium in Ohio. They could have picked for it. 
Yeah, that's. I'll leave it at that. Do you so you they're not going to do college game before or after? I mean, that's what the early speculation is since they didn't jump on it and announce that like right after the stadium series was announced. But who knows? The planning in college could take longer. Who who knows? You know, what do you what do you got? I have an idea. Oh, boy. What if they do? What if they do the Griffins versus Cleveland Monsters before or after the game? That's going to get expensive for us. Cleveland. Cleveland did it last year. They did an outdoor game. Yeah, that's where they unveiled their better jerseys this year. Um, I like those. Yeah, it's I know it's a possibility that would be a lot of fun if they did something like that. If that happens, Griffins hook us up with tickets, please. Like this is going to get expensive. God, but (laughs) if we're not going to if we're not going to see, you know, a college one between Michigan, Ohio State there, I'd be down to see a Grand Rapids versus uh, Monsters there. That would be pretty cool. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if they do it. That's a lot of seats to fill for something like that. A lot of seats. The stadium holds what 90,000? Something like that. That's I don't think the AHL is gonna fill that one, unfortunately. Yeah, they'll figure it out. But with the way know. the games between the Griffins and Cleveland go, maybe they'll have it built up enough by then to make it happen. <laughs> Who knows? But uh, I think that's all we have this week, man. Anything else from you? No, that's all. That's all I got. We got Wednesday, then what? We have Friday, Saturday, Sunday. What's the schedule look like? We have the Texas Stars on Wednesday at home. We have the Texas Stars on Saturday at home, which we'll talk about on Thursday. We'll recap the Griffins uh, Wednesday game, and we'll talk about what could lead up to Thursday or to Saturday there. But then we also have a Sunday game at home as well against Milwaukee. Oh, oh terrifies me! Can we be the ones to end the streak? Yeah, that's us. That's the game. Circle it right now. This is a big yeah. week for us then because we played two. T- we played Texas twice and Milwaukee, which are all three are ahead of us. So uh, this is this is a huge week. I'm now I'm even more pumped. <laughs> yeah, this is a busy two week stretch for us actually because I'm pretty sure the next one, two, three, four, five, the next six games the Griffins play are at home. Yeah, so we are going to be very very busy. So glad I have Monday off for the holiday. Anyways, yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be fun. I'm looking forward to looking forward to looking forward to Wednesday. Like I said, I'll be there. But anything else you want to add, sir? Outside of that, no, no. All right. Well, thank you everyone for tuning into our Monday episode. Shout out to Everything Hockey. Go to everythinghockey.com. Use code West. Get ten percent off sweet hoodies like this. This is the new one. The light blue and the dark blue combo here it's super nice absolutely love this this uh blue is a perfect perfect color match to the walleye's light blue by the way after i, I put like the jersey that. on it was perfect but yeah go to go to their website use code west get 10 percent off your order helps out the show and of course supports an amazing company like them shout out to the hockey podcast network for being great partners shout out to DraftKings for being great sponsors as well shout out to our patreon subscribers which are Randy Zick and Michael Asante. If you haven't joined, uh, there should be a link. We should be able to get right to that and uh, check out our bonus episodes. And uh, there's other perks too. And we're working on some more. It's absolutely true. But outside of that, thank you, everyone. Have a great week. Go Griffins. Go Walleye. Go Red Wings. And we will talk to y'all on Thursday. Love you. Bye. 
Thank you for tuning in to the Hockey Town West podcast. Be sure to check us out on Twitter at HockeytownWPod and your host, Nick at GR Hockey Guy and Brandon at Brandon GR Hockey.